Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. Much of the Old Testament is devoted to history. The history of great men, the history of great nations, especially Israel, and the history of God's people. But you may not realize it is also God's history, the history of his move to carry out and accomplish his eternal purpose. And the books of Joshua, Judges, and Ruth are among the books of history in the Old Testament. And even in these books, with their rich and colorful stories, if we have eyes to see, we can see the history of God in the move of his economy. That will be our focus as we come to these wonderful Old Testament books and see Christ in them, in the light of his eternal economy. Ron Kangas has joined us for our first program in the book of Joshua. Good to have you, Ron. Uh, Thanks for asking me to be here for this inaugural program on um, the life study of Joshua. I'm looking forward to it. The book begins with the Lord speaking to Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of Jehovah, Jehovah spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' attendant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, arise and cross over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving to them, to the children of Israel. So, Ron, as we pick up the story, Moses has died, and Joshua, of course, who's one of the two men of faith who came back from Canaan uh, with a good report when all of the others came back with the evil report. And he has become the Lord's elect now to, in a sense, replace Moses, lead the children of Israel into the good land and to possess it. But beyond this being all the stuff that uh, good Sunday school lessons are made of, there's also a lot of Christ in this book, isn't there? There is a lot of Christ, and this is the way we believe, according to God's intention, that we should read the Bible. There is a book written by a well-known Bible teacher and theologian, a book written a number of years ago, To Understand the Bible— Look for Jesus. Mm. So we appreciate this perspective of looking for Christ. So we do see Christ in Joshua, of course, in type, because it is a book of history. But Joshua himself, as the name indicates, is a type of Christ who leads us into himself and enables us to possess him in his unsearchable riches for our experience and enjoyment. And the good land, which was entered into, possessed, allotted, and experienced and enjoyed by the people of Israel, is, as we know from Deuteronomy 8, a type 
of Christ in his all-inclusiveness. This aspect of Christ is typified in the Old Testament is little known and little appreciated by many Christians, most due to this lack of opportunity to receive the healthy teaching. But my point is that in Joshua, we have the entering into the good land as a picture of our entering into the all-inclusive Christ for our experience and enjoyment of him. Then, as we may see as the study proceeds, there are some matters in the book of Joshua related to Christ. Uh But we see Christ typified by Joshua and by the good land. And this is a very good focal point for us to view this book. Let us see, in other words, how Christ, typified by Joshua, will bring us into Christ as typified by the good land of Canaan with its unsearchable riches. Yeah, I was I was just contemplating that same point as you were speaking it so clearly there. One of those wonderful divine ironies that is apparent when we begin to look at the Bible seeing Christ throughout. Here, Christ himself leading us into Christ as you just spoke. And that is the... The real journey that we're on, isn't it, Ron? Christ leading us into a deeper, richer, more expanding experience and apprehension of him. Uh, We say in faith that this is the journey we are on, and this is our intention. Uh, A little kind of footnote here, very briefly. Some misconstrue the message of the book of Joshua. They regard the crossing of the Jordan, which really typifies the application of the death of Christ to ourselves, they interpret that as dying and crossing the Jordan to go to heaven, heaven, which is typified by Canaan land. Uh, We would encourage the listeners to be willing to suspend this kind of view and to pick up another view of the book of Joshua because the view I just mentioned that it's really about crossing the Jordan of death and going into the Canaan of heaven will lead us far, far astray from God's economy. And then we won't be on the line of being led by Christ to enter into Christ and to gain Christ for the corporate expression of Christ, which is the goal of God's eternal economy. Mm. I'm glad you added that. Um, Ron, I want to read a verse from Zechariah 12.1. Witness Lee will refer to it in this coming portion, but it's a a very good one to use uh, to help our background from which to approach this book. It says, The burden of the word of Jehovah concerning Israel thus declares Jehovah, who stretches forth the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. That will turn out to be a very key and crucial point in this life study of Joshua. Let's join Witness Lee, Ron, for our first portion. In studying the Old Testament histories, we need the full scope, the full view of the entire scriptures concerning God's eternal economy. For Christ and the Church, this will render us not only a broader view, but also the deeper intrinsic significance 
of God's purpose in presenting to us their histories and giving us the prophecies of the Old Testament. Listen, the scope, the center, and the intrinsic significance of all the histories and the prophecies of the Old Testament must be Christ and his body, which will ultimately consummate in the new Jerusalem. For God to accomplish such an eternal economy of his, he needs to create the heavens for the earth and the earth for man. God created a man in his own image and after his own likeness with the spirit for man to contact him, receive him, keep him, and take him as man's life and content. It was very sad that this man got fallen, fallen from God and from God's purpose for his economy. Then out of this fallen humankind, God chose a man by the name of Abraham and his descendants and made them a particular people as his dear elect among all the nations. It took God over 400 years to produce, constitute, and form such an elect to replace the Adamic race for the fulfilling of his eternal economy. God brought such an elect through trials, sufferings in both Egypt and the wilderness that they might be trained, disciplined, and qualified to coordinate with God in teaching his promised land and in providing the proper persons. Ron, somewhat an overview here in his first portion, and I think it's a good way to begin this life study. You and I both used the term God's economy on two or three occasions. We just heard it several more times. Let's uh, reach out now and include those listening who maybe have not familiarized themselves or have not heard this term. What does it mean in a quick way, and how does it relate to this history book of Joshua? The term God's economy or the economy of God is, of course, a biblical expression and that a New Testament one, verses such as 1 Timothy 1.4 and verses in Ephesians chapters 1 and 3 speak of the divine economy. We're not talking about economy in the sense of the management of finances or Mm -hmm. material resources. The composition of the word in Greek, oikonomia, from oikos meaning house and nomos meaning law, gives us the meaning of house law, which is household administration, related to the management of a household and the distribution to the members of the household of uh, the supply in that household. And so we follow Paul to use this term as God's plan and arrangement Mm -hmm. to dispense himself in his divine trinity, 
as life and as the life supply and as everything to his chosen and redeemed people so that he may work himself into them and have in them a corporate expression of himself. Uh, A simpler definition would be God's plan and arrangement to dispense himself into the believers to make them his corporate expression. Uh, It is our conviction, having studied the scriptures and having considered the crucial matters of the divine revelation, that the Bible, in a very real sense, is a book of God's economy. In the Old Testament, we have God's economy in uh, prophecies, in types. In the New Testament, we have God's economy explicitly verbally revealed. When we come to the books of history, as we're doing now, and say that they should be understood from the point of view of God's economy, we're saying we should not simply read them as stories or as a history, but we should read them in relation to God's eternal purpose to have a corporate expression of himself and to see how both the history itself and the types uh, woven into that history are related to God's plan and arrangement to work through history to have a corporate expression of himself in Christ, which is typified by the people of Israel, but which is realized in the New Testament with the church, the body of Christ, and consummately, the new Jerusalem. Hmm. So we are very upfront that this is our perspective in this ministry, and this is our point of reference in coming to a book like Joshua. It's not our desire to add to, to the historical studies of this book or just the scholarly studies, but to see Christ in Joshua, to see how we are related to Christ, to see how what is in Joshua is related to the coming forth of Christ eventually, centuries later, and how in the book of Joshua we have people produced that are in the line, the genealogy of Christ to bring him forth. And we want to see the spiritual significance of these things and their applicability to our Christian life, personal and corporate. So there is much here. There is much light here. We will not present just the retelling of the book or rehearsing of typical interpretations. The point of view is unique, and we sincerely believe, as we say again, the point of view is God's point of view from which he inspired the Word of God. In this portion just ahead, uh, he will touch something that will become more uh, dominant as time goes on, and that is that we're looking at actually these three books, uh, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, and we will look at as a group. And two key points, two main points in these three books are, number one, this taking possession of the land that we've already referred to, and also providing the proper persons that would ultimately bring forth Christ. And those are uh, Boaz and Ruth, of course, and those are also very important as types to help us see God's economy in these history pages. So let's go back to Witness Lee for this next portion. To take possession of God's promised land for Christ 
and to provide the proper persons to bring forth Christ into the human race are the two major points. These two main points are the spirit, the reality of the history from Josiah to Ruth. We have to remember this. They are the hidden, intrinsic significance of this section of the Old Testament history. We have to have a clear vision concerning this. Otherwise, our life study on these three books will be in vain. If, by the Lord's mercy, we would see such a vision, this section of the history, the Old Testament, will benefit us the same as the New Testament does. Such a vision will help us to see that the history of God's people on earth is actually the history of the working God, even the history of the operating God, energizing in his redeemed people and have them to energize themselves with him for the accomplishment of his eternal economy. Our living, our daily work, our schooling, our job, and our business must be in line with God's economy and be a part of God's history in his marvelous and excellent move on the earth today. We need to be one with God in his history, moving and energizing in his loving overcomers, in life, in living, and your entire doing today on this earth. We need to write God today's history. We need to march on as one with the energizing God, in him, with him, by him, and for him. We need to be vital, living, and active. We need to be today's Josiahs and Caleb's to take possession of the God-promised land for Christ that we may become his possession. Ron, a couple of striking things uttered there. He said something to the effect that if we have this vision, uh, we'll see that this history in the Old Testament can benefit us the same as the New Testament. And this vision has something to do with understanding that God's history and our history or the history of his people are really not two separate entities, are they, or two separate histories. Isn't this a a striking uh, realization that God has a history? Of course, we do not attribute history to God when we consider God's eternal existence, his eternal being. But God is working uh, in history with his chosen and redeemed people to accomplish his purpose. So with the history of Israel before us, we see that it's not only the history of Israel, it's the history of God with Israel. It's not merely the history of God, it's the history of God with his redeemed people. And according to Paul's word in 1 Corinthians 10, the history of Israel is a type of us, the believers in Christ, meeting 
as the churches today in the name of the Lord Jesus. So if in type we have the history of God and we are the fulfillment, the reality of that type, then it is not a leap at all to say that God is continuing to move and work within the church, the body of Christ, the house of the living God, the kingdom of God today, and that God is making history by moving in history. But again, God's history is not separate from the history of God's redeemed, regenerated people today uh, in the church life. Now, in applying this or considering how this relates to us, we perhaps can ask ourselves, uh, especially in post-9-11 realizations, are we merely in outward human history being swept along by the course of events, Mm -hmm. or are we simultaneously part of what God is doing, of how God is moving? Are we joining our history with God's history? And that question may be answered, of course, either yes or no. But we need to consider this, especially from a positive perspective, that we can be one with God as he moves in us, with us, by us. And we move in him, with him, through him, for him. Yes. That we are one with him for the carrying out of his eternal economy. This kind of sense of movement in history with God and his redeemed people being one, is clearly portrayed in the book of Joshua. And we would like to study the book of Joshua, not only to understand how God moved in the history of his people then, but how God is moving and making history with his chosen, redeemed, regenerated people today. And our objective in this kind of study is that we would actually be a part of God's history right here, right now, in and for the carrying out of God's eternal purpose. How do you feel about this kind of point of view in studying Joshua and the other historical books? I'm looking forward to it very much. I have to tell our listeners, uh, just as an aside, I heard you in a a message the other night uh, speaking from another Old Testament book, uh, the Psalms, and... uh, what a picture of Christ we saw then in that book, and here we are coming to a, a book of uh, history in the Old Testament, and yet here is Christ again, and not only Christ, but Christ in his move, uh, and this move is really God's history that we're talking about, as you said, in our place, and it will be, uh, I think, a very, very predominant point of uh, reference in this whole life study. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm very happy to be laboring with you and a number of the other brothers to bring forth the essence of this book uh, to our listeners. And as you will make clear eventually, as you always do, uh, there'll be a way for them to get the written messages so they can uh, ponder the details, as it were. I think we'll just go ahead and recommend now as we launch into this new life study. It's just one volume 
were the three Old Testament history books of Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. And uh, so it's very economical. If you'd like to get it, call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And at the same time, we can tell you about so many other resources that we have available as well. Our mailing address, if you'd like to write to us, is Living Stream Ministry Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or email is radio at lsm.org. Simply radio at lsm.org. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening. Was Jesus simply a great religious leader? The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader but Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The lamb is for redemption, to redeem fallen man back to God, and the dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the lamb and the dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture, John 1.29 and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.